Eyes On. Eyes On. Live from the Shorja Children's Reading Festival. Welcome back. And as usual, I do say that my favorite part of these events is meeting all kinds of people from all walks of life because what I've learned is that literally anybody can be an author if they have just passion in them they have something they want to tell people then they can become an author and um, what is interesting that I mentioned earlier is that our guest is actually a scientist and clinical microbiologist and she decided to write a story about classical stories from India and I would love love to know where she got started because that is the start point of nearly all of my questions with every single guest because again a lot of my guests come from some certain background and then they jump into something completely different. But first of all, welcome Dr. Vaxala Sperling. It is great to have you here on Eyes On. I'm very passionate about communicating with children. Mm. Uh, my name, Vatsala, is a word from Sanskrit language and it simply means a woman who loves children. Wow. I just, I think they are the best gift to humanity mm -hmm. and they are our present and they are our future. Mm -hmm. And anything we can do to shape our children into successful model citizens of the world, yeah. that would be our actual accomplishment. Wow. It's not becoming a scientist, it's not becoming a, a rocket person, neurosurgeon, no. Can we raise our children mm -hmm. with strong cultural values, with strong ethical values, mm -hmm. and make them valuable citizens of the world? Mm -hmm. So when my husband Ehud Sperling and I were blessed with our only child, who is now 25 years old, <laughs> wow, and he was about three years old, talking mile a minute, mm -hmm. and as you can make out, I'm from India, mm -hmm. and we have cultural and uh, religious and spiritual practices at home mm -hmm. uh, from India. So he started asking me questions and his first question was, Mom, how did Ganesh get his elephant head? Mm. That became the title of my book. Then I thought about, well, how did Ganesh get his elephant head? Yeah. And what does it mean truly in life? Mm -hmm. What is the lesson from that event. Mm -hmm. So I explored all that and I did my research in Sanskrit texts mm -hmm. of uh, ancient literature mm -hmm. and I started writing children's books. Mm -hmm. So to answer all of his questions, I wrote one book year almost every year mm -hmm. and now the compilation of all the stories has come out as classic tales from India, how Ganesh got his elephant head. And these stories essentially, they are not a historical account of who did this and who did that, that is very little interesting. Mm -hmm. What is main feature of this book is it tells the parents, it tells the teachers yeah. um, what is the value of our mythological stories? Mm -hmm. What lessons can we learn in our day-to-day -day life? Mm -hmm. For example, children experience bullying in the school. Yeah. Can I have a mythological story which will tell me how to handle bullying? Mm -hmm. So that was my passion and that's what my answer to you is. 
So basically, what you're telling me is that it was two parts. One, it was you were inspired by your son. Yes. And also, you were inspired by the morals that are usually taught by yes. these stories. And that is the reason why you picked um, yes. Indian mythology. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense. It <laughs> reminds me of other stories as well, like that we already know, that we're taught as well. <laughs> But we tend to, because of the way the world is, we tend to focus on Western stories. For example, the Grimm brothers, the fairy tales. Uh, we all know about these. We know about the hare and the rabbit teaching us about patience and not being um, just overly confident and um, teaching us all of that. But again, it's from a Western perspective mm-hmm. it is very rare that we take stories from our own culture mm-hmm. and then apply it to mm-hmm. our own um, you know lives especially when it comes to children mm-hmm. which is why I'm loving the representation in general here in the Shard mm-hmm. Children's Reading mm-hmm. Festival mm-hmm. and also from the writers themselves mm-hmm. that they themselves have been looking back into their own mm-hmm. uh, selves their mm-hmm. inner child as well and the children around them and saying perhaps I should be writing something for myself and for them and for the future children yes. Yes. And um, what I noticed is the concept of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, there is, when I was reading mm-hmm. your bio several mm-hmm. times, you mm-hmm. always mentioned that your mother was a great storyteller. Yes. So can you tell me about the significance of being a storyteller? Uh-huh. Um, it, it does start from her. Mm-hmm. Because um, Aisha, I grew up in a time in India mm-hmm. before the televisions became... Uh, a household item mm-hmm. before cell phone was discovered yeah uh-huh. i'm not a hundred years old uh-huh. <laughs> i'm young enough but <laughs> but these technological interventions the internet the ipad the handheld devices mm-hmm. the television it was not available mm-hmm. there was one radio in our entire neighborhood wow uh-huh. so it was my mother's job and she was our first and foremost teacher mm-hmm. it was her job and she had a photographic memory wow. she knew all the ancient texts from vedanta to literature to ramayana to mahabharata mm-hmm. she knew several languages mm-hmm. so we come home from school we throw our school bag we run to the mother mom tell me a story mm-hmm. and she was a ocean of stories so every evening she would tell us a story now you know my husband He is a book publisher. Mm-hmm. His company, Inner Traditions International, is over 50, almost 50 years old. And he has uh, several books on the old culture and old traditions of the whole world mm-hmm. from all the old cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He and I talk about um, storytelling. is a uniquely human experience. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. The birds talk to each other. They say, chit, 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 chit. We don't know what they are talking. Mm-hmm. Probably about where is the food, where is the water and yeah. so on. Mm-hmm. Monkeys talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, who knows what they are talking. Mm-hmm. But when we talk, we talk about what happened. Yeah. What is happening. What will happen. So we have a continuity in time. Mm-hmm. by way of past present and future yeah our animal brothers they live in the now mm-hmm. they live in the present yeah. but we have as human species a recollection of past mm-hmm. an experience of being in this moment and a anticipation for being in the future mm-hmm. now our culturally based stories yeah our stories which are rooted in the ancient lives of our ancestors yeah those stories they show us from where we came mm-hmm. where we are now 
where we are heading mm-hmm. that gives our children which in my view they are our future mm-hmm. uh-huh. this kind of orientation gives our children a strong sense of purpose mm-hmm. a strong sense of identity yeah a strong sense of uh, their place in the world so that they are raised into very purposeful positive engaged individuals mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. now that becomes kind of my passion i want to tell the stories mm-hmm. i want to talk to children i want to tell them look you have a great past you're going mm-hmm. to be great just just start reading yeah. just start uh, living in the stories mm-hmm. so aisha when i came to this fair i was almost teary eyed wow when i saw little children making a little queue mm-hmm. keeping their hands on each other's shoulder mm-hmm. and taking a little trot walk through the fair and it was the most heartwarming sight for me as mm-hmm. a mother mm-hmm. uh-huh. and imagine all those children knowing that books exist yeah culture exists mm-hmm. um we have a purpose it's amazing mm-hmm. you know if you have been given money that is where you should put it raise your children with purpose wow that's beautiful and mm-hmm. honestly what you said about your eyes getting teary eyed i don't know if you noticed when i was listening to you uh-huh. my eyes kind of went like this and i came back uh-huh. because i just saw a girl she oh, was skipping did. behind you and i was you like oh my god what is this adorable thing so i fully understand what uh-huh. you're trying to say uh-huh. and that is absolutely true because even mm-hmm. when you come around like you mentioned around the mm-hmm. afternoon around mm-hmm. the noon time when the schools come in yes. and you see the little yes. kids they're 4 yes. years old and uh-huh. they're holding each other yes. with their bags as well and even when they Yeah, uh, when the, the elder kids a huh. little bit when the middle uh-huh. schoolers huh. when they're told to just go off and you see them just going yeah. in corners yeah. and reading and looking uh-huh. through huh. is just absolutely beautiful even mm. as a person who doesn't have children yes. that is truly is exciting to yes. see and beautiful huh. to see uh-huh. and uh, you mentioned hmm. technology and now yes. that is something that is a truth of our lives we cannot deny it mm-hmm. we cannot escape it hmm. um there are various forms of technology that we've been given throughout um humanity whether it's literally the concept of writing is considered an intervention the concept of printing a book is an interven- uh, is a is an invention and now computers laptops phone and ipads are also a form of uh, inventions <laughs> and that is exactly who we are as humans we keep creating and building things but now how can we take something as ancient as storytelling we've done it in writing and now we need to apply it to these uh, various technologies how do you see that Aisha this is a beautiful question this question has a lot of soul and this question is exactly applicable to the moment we are in mm-hmm. um again i'll take name of my husband mm-hmm. he and i have a lot of deeply intellectual conversation yeah in you know you know Aisha in our household which is a multicultural multilingual household mm-hmm. we have to decide how we shape our son mm-hmm. what kind of citizen of the world is he going to be yeah. so that is our job as parents mm-hmm. and that job doesn't begin at 7 and end at 11 it's a 24 hour job Absolutely. how you raise your children mm-hmm. what kind of values and commitments you teach them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's our job so storytelling in olden times people remembered the stories yeah. okay they completely had it in their head mm-hmm. and in every village there used to be a storyteller mm-hmm. he'll go around telling stories 
now i had that experience from my mom mm-hmm. she remembered all the stories and she told me those stories uh uh-huh. she told all of her siblings yeah. six of us but she rem- said from her memory she didn't read it to us mm-hmm. then what happened from the oral tradition of transmitting stories came the writing and the script yes mm-hmm. so people did not have to remember that much mm-hmm. they started writing mm-hmm. now we have television we have internet we have iphone we have ipad a, a smart watch everything is smart yeah the more the machines become smart the people will have a tendency to become less smart mm-hmm. i don't want to call them dumb mm-hmm. because yeah. people are innately intelligent yes. they have emotional intelligence mm-hmm. they have empathy and you curiosity. can't ha yeah curiosity mm-hmm. well said mm-hmm. now you can't teach a machine those things yeah. empathy number 1 mm-hmm. curiosity number 2 mm-hmm. emotional intelligence number 3 mm-hmm. now which machine is ready to learn these so these are our assets as human beings yeah. and we have to run with them mm-hmm. we have to use them every moment mm-hmm. so to answer your question nowadays um the electronic media is everywhere mm-hmm. we cannot turn it off we cannot turn away from it yeah mm-hmm. and the statistics is the more time young children are allowed on the social media mm-hmm. the more time they are allowed in the electronic world mm-hmm. the greater their self doubt the greater their self esteem mm-hmm. and the self image and the greater their chances of developing various mental illnesses mm-hmm. now i am telling you this also as a scientist mm-hmm. because i am a clinical microbiologist that mm-hmm. has been my background mm-hmm. and i am also a practicing homeopath mm-hmm. so i understand the health and well-being of people at a good level mm-hmm. uh-huh. so children are exposed to this technology yeah. with no filters mm-hmm. uh-huh. as a result they they are curious they are eager they are ready to learn yeah. they absorb it i mean honestly my husband and i we run into a cell phone problem who do you think we ask <laughs> your son our son yeah. just mom you don't know this mm-hmm. you know that's that's his thing but he'll tell me how to do it mm-hmm. but we ask our children yeah we don't know the cell phone we ask our 9 year old mm-hmm. uh-huh. so children have enormous intelligence yeah. and they have absorbed everything mm-hmm. your question is how to modulate that mm-hmm. how to moderate that this sharja children's reading festival it opened my eyes mm-hmm. make it a festival mm-hmm. you know reading is not a reading olympics reading is not a reading competition yeah reading is a reading festival wow. why mm-hmm. because festivals are a celebration of life mm-hmm. competition is I'll get ahead of you and you be behind me and I'm the gold medalist who cares who got the gold medal I got a gold medal from the president of India mm-hmm. for being the topmost student in clinical microbiology mm-hmm. I haven't seen that gold medal in last 25 years <laughs> it's in a closet it's in the safe I know it's there mm-hmm. I'm not looking at it every day mm-hmm. but 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 if reading is a festival instead of a competition yeah festival being a celebration of life mm-hmm. children are going to dig it mm-hmm. this little ones you saw today running around when they become 30 years old they'll say you know our school teacher they took us on a field trip mm-hmm. to the reading festival and we had so much fun make it a festival make reading celebration of life mm-hmm. make reading with a positive purpose with mm-hmm. a engagement so what i suggest 
I respect mothers. Mm -hmm. They work very hard. Mm -hmm. I'm a mother myself. I have a career. I have a kid. Life can be pretty challenging. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So mothers are working at home. They are working at their jobs. They have lot of responsibility. They have in-laws. They have lots of responsibilities. Yeah. But what I am requesting the mothers, it's not a judgment. It's mm -hmm. not an order. It's a request to every mother. You hold your child in your lap before he starts talking or talking back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you start reading to him. Mm -hmm. Before the child makes five sentences, you start reading to him mm -hmm. so that he knows that it's an intimate experience. Now yeah. He sits with the mother, the mother is looking at the book, the kid is turning the pages mm -hmm. and the time stands still. Mm -hmm. In that little story reading time, mm -hmm. the mother and child are bonding for life. Yeah. The child is learning to read and keep his focus and keep his attention. Mm -hmm. What priceless virtues to have focus and attention. Reading can provide that. Mm -hmm. And we as adults who have resources in our control, yeah. we make reading a festival instead of a competition. Mm -hmm. What is festival? Festival is a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. Lakhaim, they call it. Mm -hmm. Life mm -hmm. to life. Yeah. So let's use our resources for building our future. Our children our, are our future. Absolutely. And it's the fact that um, hmm. they grew up with this technology. Yes. You cannot take it away from them. And also hmm. the fact that technology hmm. rapidly changed hmm. in 20 years. Let's hmm. say, I know people would argue with me that the internet ex existed in the 80s and hmm. uh, mid 80s, but people having access to computers and internet happened in the 90s and then eventually everybody had a computer in the 2000s hmm. and now everybody has a smartphone. So that movement of technology hmm. was very fast, but us humans, we take a long time to evolve. Yes. So it was too fast for us, mm -hmm. which is why, like you said, we hmm. are being almost always like, <laughs> faced with all kinds of information and it's very hard even mm -hmm. as adults mm -hmm. to filter through them and that's the reason why we have issues mm -hmm. with trying to understand um, um, technology and mm -hmm. trying to use it in a correct way and like you said it takes lots of learning from adults when you ask your son how do I use this and even the kids themselves for, with the guidance of adults who have uh, a better outlook of the dangers of the internet, of the dangers of using um, or looking at a screen for too yes, long, yes. your eyes are going to hurt you. Yes. Children don't know that. They're going to stick their faces to the screen this close. So it's a balance. Us learning from the younger kids and kids learning from us. Yes. And um, honestly, again, technology is a medium. That is exactly it's how we use it rather than it controlling us. Who is the master of the house? Mm. Is technology your boss or you are the technology's boss? Yes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So that value, the children aren't going to intuit. Mm -hmm. They're in it. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh -huh. the, the possibilities of discovery are very exciting. Mm -hmm. So our parents, as parents, it is our job. We cannot turn away from it. Mm -hmm. We have to enable our children to grow in the present time and at the same time, provide them safe and secure boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. question of boundaries. What is allowed in the house? Mm -hmm. What is, uh, what are mom and dad okay with? Yeah. So parents first have to know to turn the cell phone off. Mm -hmm. If they don't turn it off, they can tell the child 25 times, turn off your cell phone. He's not going to do it because children learn 
by watching what parents do yeah. not by watching what parents say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's finally in the hands of parents yeah. what they do with this great opportunity given to them mm-hmm. to raise a child mm-hmm. and what they turn them into yeah you know it's mother and father's job absolutely uh-huh. it is their job and mm-hmm. like you said we understand mm-hmm. that the world's um, expectations are very different now uh, parents both parents are working sometimes yes. and that's exhausting yes. and also now even parents are being um, encouraged to also have their own hobbies and try to explore some th- some things so it becomes a little bit harder to uh, give all their attention to this little human being but like you said it is a gift and it's a learning curve it's not like you said it's not it's a request yes. it's not a demand yes. and again it's a learning curve for both the child and the parent as well You actually have a chat today. You have a panel discussion called yes. the importance of traditions in developing children's personality and already kind of touched upon it mm-hmm. about how rich our, our culture is in mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. and we should be tapping into that. Mm-hmm. And that also reminded me of a class I took a really long time ago back in university and uh, because I was a literature major, so I took a class called creative writing and I recall because again we we're very much exposed to western media i wanted to write about stories that i've read but then i remember my teacher telling me write about the things you know write about the things that are right in front of you write about the uae sharjah give them emirati names give them things that you already do and that stuck with me for a long time which is why i'm starting to appreciate appreciate more all the mythologies the legends the stories and even the concept of storytelling i kind of forgot about it i'm 29 years old i forgot everything that my mom told me but the other day she was sitting with one of my little cousins she's a she's less than she's around 9 years old and my mom was telling her a story and it clicked in my head it's like i was taken back 20 years back and i was like i remember her telling me that and that genuinely made me feel warm and fuzzy even though i was just watching my cousin listen to my mom so it's not me listening to the story i'm an outsider but it genuinely made me feel warm and fuzzy and it's a story my mom made up and something she said a long time ago but she still remembers again it's also based in our culture and traditions and uh, like you mentioned it's passed on from one person to another and that is super super important can you give us a little bit of a glimpse of uh, what you're going to say it kind of like excite people to come and listen to your chat at 6:15 today yes i'm actually very excited about this chat mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's a great opportunity to share my ideas with my uh, listeners yeah uh-huh. and even though i don't see them mm-hmm. i know they are out there somewhere and you know ideas are infectious yeah uh uh-huh. we thought only covid was the infectious agent <laughs> ideas are far more infectious Absolutely. than all the germs put together in mm-hmm. a good way mm-hmm. uh-huh. so thing is to be rooted in our culture mm-hmm. and bring out little gems from the culture yeah and examine it and see how does it apply to the present moment mm-hmm. we don't live in the past aisha will live right now yeah so whatever values we can extract from our culture mm-hmm. which we are familiar with yeah. we are familiar with emirati culture mm-hmm. very good i am familiar with my indian culture mm-hmm. great doesn't matter it's your culture my culture we are not in a culture war yeah we are in a war to save our children yeah to save their future mm-hmm. that is our burning passion and burning motivation mm-hmm. not your culture is different from mine in the end your culture 
says treat others the way you would like them to treat you yeah my culture says the same thing in 70 different languages mm-hmm. that's all yeah uh-huh. but it's the same thing mm-hmm. uh-huh. so when you say our when when we talk about our stories being rooted in our culture mm-hmm. we can extract gems of knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. which will be applicable to now yeah uh-huh. i'll give you one example uh-huh. one little story mm-hmm. have you heard of a word yoga yeah yeah so today morning we were walking about and there was a muscle builder guy kind of a he was a serious bodybuilder mm-hmm. but he was teaching those kids were not more than 3 years old mm-hmm. they were all on the floor and they were doing push ups and kickbox or wow. you know mm-hmm. various physical movements and yeah. they were very excited those mm-hmm. children were like going mm-hmm. they were really working very hard mm-hmm. and the uh, trainer was very good with it so yeah. he was clocking it and keeping it all high energy mm-hmm. so children were having a blast and with them i was having a blast <laughs> so happy to see that yeah. now i will connect that with the ancient tradition mm-hmm. okay nowadays what happened we have disruption in the circadian rhythm mm-hmm. because yeah. we live in the artificial light look right mm-hmm. now this whole building is lit i mean i'm very grateful for technology mm-hmm. because of technology i'm talking to you yeah if there was no technology i'll still be in india planting corn mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and you will be doing whatever you do in this mm-hmm. country yeah. so technology has made the world small it has brought people from every walk of life together in one platform we have to use that as a springboard for going for a better future mm-hmm. for everyone not just for you or me for everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the artificial light is messing up yeah. our circadian rhythm mm-hmm. uh-huh. that is our uh, sleep and wake cycles are out of whack mm-hmm. because we are reading in artificial light we are uh, cooking in artificial light yeah. so okay now in yoga there is a tradition called surya namaskar hmm what that is is a series is a sequence of uh, body postures mm-hmm. summed together as salutations to the sun mm-hmm. now sun as you know is the sole provider of energy yeah okay there is no sun there is no life mm-hmm. so sun is there for a reason mm-hmm. uh-huh. so we wake up first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and then we are trained by our culture mm-hmm. to salute the sun and yeah. say thank you very much for rising every morning mm-hmm. and while doing that you have 10 different body postures flexibilities and move forward move back move sideways mm-hmm. bend down bend up all of that so you are doing an exercise you're doing yoga mm-hmm. you're moving your body it's all grounded in the culture and the custom of a old country yeah. and the purpose is to adjust the circadian rhythm mm. how cool is that that's amazing so our cultural background can give us tools to live more effectively in the present mm-hmm. our customs can do that our stories can do that and our memory of ancestral wisdom yeah. can do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Vatsala Sperling, it is an absolute joy talking to you, honestly. 
We, I learned so much from you right now and uh, I cannot wait to apply it myself. Actually, fun fact, I've been thinking about getting into yoga. So this uh -huh. just genuinely made me very excited. Go for it, Aisha. I cannot wait. Very soon, inshallah. Uh -huh. And uh, good luck in your panel discussion today. And uh -huh. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to enjoy it fully. Uh -huh. And I hope it's a full house as well. Thank you very much. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Whoever is uh, willing and interested, they yeah. can come and I'll be happy to talk to them. Eyes on. Eyes on. Live from the Ishoja Children's Reading Festival.